buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what's going on, sales hustlers? I have a special guest today. I've got Rian Lanigan, all the way from Ireland. He is the managing partner of Sandler Training, which is a name that most of you folks are probably familiar with. And I'm super excited to introduce uh, him and also talk about sales. Rian, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely thrilled to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and just the short version of how you got into sales and uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Um, well, you've already mentioned Sadler. Um, uh, my father's been the uh, owner of Sadler in uh, EMEA for the last night, almost 19 years. Uh, four or five years ago, uh, I set up a marketing agency to help sales leaders get more uh, people into their events back in the day when events happened both in person and on, on, online. I built mm-hmm. up a company called Dumping Seagulls for three and a half, four years. Two months ago, I just sold my shares in that company and went all in on Sadler Training uh, Ireland. And I'm now the managing partner of Sadler Training Ireland. So uh, I wanted to keep it short, but if you have any specific questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. All right, awesome. So sales is in your blood, definitely. Right? For sure. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about you know what you do at Sandler, and for those that don't know Sandler, like you know what Sandler teaches, and and, and you know give us kind of the lay of the land there. Yeah, so it it really depends on your uh, industry and position on how you perceive Sandler. You know, Sandler has multiple programs, but in the realm that I play in, we work with uh, software and IT companies, enterprise size companies, LinkedIn, Salesforce, Dropbox, Evernote, and we help their sales teams from SDR, BDR, AE, all the way up to leadership, which is VP of sales, CRO, uh, just become more effective at either leading their team or closing deals, negotiating, building their pipeline, depending on what level of sales you're at. But as, as you've said, Sandler, We've got over 260 offices all across the world. And depending on the trader you uh, bump into, they may work with enterprise size deals or they may work with local companies in their area with uh, local business owners. So uh, you may be familiar with Sandler in a different context, depending on who you know. But for me, uh, it's software, IT-based companies in the enterprise space all around the media. 
And how, how has the current situation like changed or what have you guys added as far as training of, you know, helping folks that are in sales? You know, I, I have a feeling based on the, you know, economic situation, there's going to be a lot of people getting into sales right now as kind of their backup plan, which is the common theme of how a lot of people end up getting into sales. Well, yeah, well, if you're good, it's the best profession in the world. I, I've always said, you know, if you're good, you can make some good money regardless of the times. Um, interesting because I speak to my colleagues quite often and there was two different ways it went when the when the pandemic happened back in March. Uh, the Sandler folk that work with large enterprise clients initially saw a dip uh, because the CFO froze, froze budgets and everyone was working from home. And the Sandler trainers who worked with local businesses didn't really see much of a dip in their business at all. They tend to remain loyal. They may have reduced the cost for their, uh, their local business owners. But as the months have gone on, we've kind of seen the enterprise side of things come back. And if now not better than it was before, uh, because we can do more. Uh, I'll, I'll take a back step for a second. A year and a half ago, I might have been training uh, and I got to fly over to London to train for the day and then I flew home. That's one session. Whereas yesterday, we did three sessions in three separate companies. So we got two more sessions that we normally would have got done so you can reach more people uh, in the comfort of your office or depending on home. We're just lucky that we have an office a 10-minute walk down the road that we have a studio that we can leverage. Mm, yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are really benefiting from the virtual as they can, they can, they can do more, um, and eliminate the travel. And, you know, that could be a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I've seen some, some, some of the tech giants come out recently, Twitter, I just saw this morning. I don't know if any of your users have subscribed to Euler.com where they get, no, are, you, are you familiar with Euler? No, I'm not. Which, what is it? So it's uh, you put you uh, put in companies that you want to follow, so prospects, and every single day yeah. it will give you uh, updates on what's happening in there. So if there's leadership change, if there's a PR uh, piece put out, uh, if there's if they're hiring. So uh, on Euler this morning, I I, I uh, noticed that uh, Microsoft have come out and said that their workers can now permanently work from home. Um, so I can imagine there'll be quite a few more coming out and offering that flexibility to their workers. But yes, you, you can get a lot more done. It, even from the non-travel side of things, I've noticed that beginning your day at 8.30 and finishing at 5.30, you just somehow get more done and you can uh, reject a lot more meetings because let's be honest, a lot of the meetings that people attend are, are a waste of time or they are scheduled for longer than they should be. Um, so you can certainly avoid those meetings, meaningless meetings. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of people that prefer working from home. Um, there's, you know, a certain level of discipline, right. That you have to implement, uh, especially like as a sales professional of really, you know, scheduling out your things and being diligent. I think that, you know, because of the current situation, it's kind of ramped up a lot of things like more people are getting on video and video conferencing, obviously. Um, and having that instead of meeting in person or a lot of people that used to not turn on the camera are getting more comfortable turning on the camera, which we all know increases, you know, building rapport and the relationship and close rates. You know, when you run a demo and turn your camera on, it makes a huge difference. And that's something that I think a lot of people were, were missing out on previous, uh, you know, before COVID. More than happy to talk around, you know, how deals cycles or the length of cycles of speed up. But you mentioned something there that I want to just go back to for a second. Yeah. Uh, 
look, a process is important in sales or a playbook or whatever you want to call it. But also, I think now that a lot of people are still working from home, it's important to have one of those in your day-to-day life as well. You know, whether it's, you know, just the small things of getting up and getting changed to go to work. And when you come home, getting changed into your non-work clothes, uh, scheduling your time for your two hours of calling, your time for half an hour of email in the middle of the, at the start of the day, 10 minutes in the middle of the day and 20 minutes at the end, just so that you don't get distracted because, you know, my, my, I put my phone away for this interview, but if I didn't have this interview, my phone would be switched on silent and over to the corner because it bings so often that I can easily mm-hmm. get distracted. Everyone knows that to write a good email doesn't take two minutes. It takes a lot longer than two minutes. So if you're in the middle of a good email and your phone keeps bigging, you can get distracted and never get that email sent. You may get frustrated and then send the email when it's 85% complete. Whereas if you weren't distracted, you could have got that properly done. So certainly think you should pay attention to uh, eliminating the distractions um, and uh, having some consistency to your day as well. Yeah, yeah. No, those are all great points. I think like, you know, having a good routine, you know, personally before you get into work mode, right? Um, which is huge. It's a huge part of my day. It's for me, it's waking up, meditating, going for a run, taking a shower, getting ready. Then it goes into shifts to work mode, right? Not just rolling out of bed and, you know, getting in front of your computer sure. and started tackling emails is, is, is super important. Um, but one thing that you also brought up that's, it's, it's extremely important is eliminating those distractions and, like to kind of piggyback off that, yeah, maybe you sent a half-ass email because you were distracted, but or you don't send it at all, which is yeah, definitely possible worse. and probably yeah. has happened to to many folks. So, um, what is what do you think is like? What do salespeople need to do better, do differently? You know, think about what are some things with this new way of selling? You know, more people from home, more video conferencing, less in-person meetings. Like, what are some things that you guys are talking about and teaching folks over there at Sandler? Interesting. So, I had a conversation with someone this morning who um, who has their process nailed down. Uh, they're doing the right things, but they were getting frustrated. So I said, hey, let me have a look up. Like, let me just shadow you and, and see what you're doing. And then um, they're an a, a AE, and they were shooting way too low in the organization. And uh, when, when I questioned it, it was out of fear of being rejected. But if we take that aside for a second and just view the, the CRO or the VP of sales as a normal person, you know, they go home to their family or they stay at home now, but just work, but whatever. They are a normal person and they have a separate life, a normal life outside of work. So uh, I think that that individual is not alone, that there's some people that may not reach their full potential if they fear speaking to someone at the right level uh, mm. and going below that. Because worst case scenario, you go too high and they say, hey, go back down and talk to this person. And now you've got the person below saying, hey, your boss told me to talk to you rather than, mm. hey, I want to talk to your boss. I want to ignore you and skip you and go to your boss. So uh, I certainly think that's something that people should should be paying attention to and looking at. Are they going high enough? Yeah, no, that's a great topic. Uh, it's always easier to work your way down than to work your way up, 
right? Um, and and I think that you know if you can get that executive level sponsorship of some sort of interest level, um, if you're going high enough, then you know them giving you the okay or the interest or the permission to work with somebody down the chain is always a much better way to start the relationship because then when you got to bring that person back into the conversation for approval or for a close, there's already that mutual respect or rapport relationship that was already established from the very beginning rather than working your way up where you might, you know, feel like, okay, they're interested. I can, you know, solve the things that they're needing help with. The budget looks like it's there. And then you bring that final higher level executive in and they haven't been in the conversation from the beginning and really are not on the same, not even on the same page. It's the fastest way to waste a lot of your time working a deal that had no chance to begin with. Bingo. And and second to that, uh, credit to a colleague who probably owes credit to someone else, but the nine word email, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's worked wonders in the last couple of weeks, if not months. It's where you go back to your pipeline of people that you're talking to six months to 18 months ago, Mm. You can go back a little further and you write a simple nine word email. So mine might sound something like, uh, hey, John, are you still looking at sales training for your team? Question mark. Regards, Maria. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. The, the, the amount of doors that that has opened for me, uh, I, I haven't done it in about four or five weeks, but I initially did it as a, as a test after I was on a call with John and it worked wonders for me. It set up seven or eight calls uh, and we've closed one on the back of that already that we've got more calls scheduled. But um, I certainly think that's something that other people could take and try. If they type into Google, nine-word email or seven-word email talk onto YouTube, not Google, they'll see the full 15, 16-minute talk and they can learn more about it there. So you say it's nine-word email? So the email literally has nine words? The nine-word email technique, yeah. Mm, okay. I have my own version of that, um, which is similar. It's like, hey, John, looks like we dropped the ball in earning your trust, Love right? It. And that it's it's more than nine words and there's, you know, something else that goes there. Um, but it's basically, you know, going back to people that are in your pipeline or people that went dead or whatever the case is and uh, just looking to, to, to open those conversations back up. But when you come from a place um, you know, like that, it's, it's much more easy to get the conversation going. Um, and this works great for a phone script as well, right? Like, hey, John, this is, you know, you know, um, call, just calling. Looks like we dropped the ball in earning your trust. I wanted to know what we could have done better, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, hey, the timing was off or we didn't have the budget or another project was a priority or, hey, you didn't do anything wrong. We're now ready to refocus on this. Um, so, you know, b- being, being, you know, Top of mind. being okay with just going back and asking for that feedback rather than like, hey, how come this didn't close or moving on? So I, you can find, you can regenerate a lot of pipeline by just going back to those and approaching them in the right way. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So um, now tell, okay. So now, you know, a lot of people, I think or like when, when COVID first happened, right? A lot of people were like really unsure. What do we do? How do we reach out? Do we reach out? People, you know, a lot has changed now. People are kind of settled with like, hey, we got to conduct business wherever you are in the, you know, whatever country you're in, whatever, you know, everybody's kind of in different phases and minds and you don't know how people feel about the situation. There's a lot of divide, right? 
You know, it says it behind so, your vest, get, get shit done. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and a lot of people would just kind of not do anything because they didn't know what to do, right? So what do you think is the best approach in the current situation? Good question. Uh, I uh, am a fan of A-B testing. So what I say now, if someone is listening in a couple of weeks' time, don't hold me don't hold my world on that. At the moment, what I'm finding most effective is uh, video emails on LinkedIn and also mm. uh, phone calling is still effective. Oh, yeah. And oh. I don't know if that's ever going to like uh, die. Even if I do email, my objective, my goal of the email is to get the person on the phone. So why don't I just go straight to the phone? Yeah, you got to use multi-channel for sure. For sure. And, and you got you to gotta try to be personal. You know, um, video is huge. LinkedIn voice DMs, all all of the above, and using the phone. Right, I'm not a fan yeah. of these gurus that say, um, you know, never make a cold call again. It's like if I can't make cold calls, I'm gonna quit doing sales because I like making cold calls. It's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> again, it doesn't even have. I'm pulling up something here. It doesn't even have to be fun. You just gotta kind of do it. You know, uh, uh, on the video uh, prospecting. Uh, something that I get people to do all the time is to write uh, in uh, five columns on a, on a piece of paper. Uh, title, problem, reason, impact, and pain statement. Mm. So the title is the type of person they want to go after, chief revenue officer. The problem that that chief revenue officer is having, the reason for the problem, the impact if they don't do anything about it. And then a pain statement is, you know, how can you phrase a question to them or a statement to them that you can use as the start of your video or even your call after you do your uh, after you do your 30 second commercial run for a contract if you have a second call you know words that i get them to use are concerned agreed tired embarrassed disappointed frustrated etc 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 so more than happy to send that as well i know i know i've got something at the end of this thing to, to yeah. share with users but also happy to send that as a pdf as well so they can fill out and uh, have for when they're recording those videos if they decide to video prospect yeah, no, listen up, sales hustlers. That's an important piece, and we'll definitely get that um, in a PDF so that we can share the link because I think that's the big question. Everybody's like talking about video. We know we got to use video. How do we use video? What do we say on video? And then having that framework to make an impactful video is, I think, which is which is can be a total game changer. Gong, you know, uh, uh, are, are, are you aware of Gong.io, the uh, yeah. Revenue yeah, intelligence. Yeah. Yes, they came out a couple of months ago, and they said that if if it's your first contact, first point of contact, you have a much higher response rate if you go for interest rather than trying to get a meeting. So first find interest, then go for the meeting. Uh, what I see is it contradicts itself when you look at the data of what salespeople are doing. They're trying to get a meeting or a call booked before they get interest. So. Yeah. Always make sure you end whatever you're doing, email, phone, or video, end and have the objective of getting interest confirmed. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with that. And and that is true 
you know, regardless of how you're outreaching, whether it's phone, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's email, the I, I would say the biggest mistake that a lot of people do in their outreach is sending a big blurb of, of things and then leaving that link call to action to book a meeting. Don't send the link for a meeting until somebody has raised their hand or confirmed that interest, right? So if you're on a cold call and you're calling, you know, you, you, you might, you know, sh- share how you can help folks and then say, would that, does that something that sounds like it might interest you? And once they say yes, you could proceed for the meeting, right? Or if you're sending, you know, cold email or cold LinkedIn messages, lead with some sort of value statement of how you can help and only ask for the meeting when they raise their hand and have expressed interest. You're spot on. Absolutely spot on. And and something that I uh, get, even those in my life who aren't involved in sales to look at to get an initial feel because we're all human at the end of the day is my emails or a video I'm about to send and say, just give me your gut feeling. What do you feel? You don't need to tell me about this and that. Just what do you feel? Because uh, if there's a gut feel of, Ooh, I'm going to take, I'm going to stop for a second and go back and look at it. And I'm always trying to, uh, what I'll do. And I don't know if anybody else does it is, I'll write an email to a prospect, I'll remove their email, put in my other email and send it to myself, and the next morning I'll read it as if I was the prospect. And if it mm. comes across sleazy or different, I want to get straight to the point, and I know my prospect is busy and they don't want the long jargon about how them and their family are or any of that stuff. You know, straight to the point I, I, I try to be. Uh, you know, I know you're getting a lot of uh, invites to... Uh, webinars these days so i'll get straight to the point we're running a x with x blah 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 blah. you know yeah always try to be straight to the point yeah yeah even it even works well in your 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 cold calling script or your 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 cold email right it's like hey i know you probably hate cold email this is an this is a cold email however straight to the point you know and 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 people will respect you more and appreciate that more rather than you trying to create some sort of fancy hook that's gonna you know try to pique their interest but they have no clue what you're really talking about one of the guys that i saw when i first got involved in sandler sean Coyle, he um to, to, to me he's still one of the greatest out there at cold calling um and he rings up and one of his uh things that he says is hi this is sean Coyle." You probably don't know me. This is a sales call. Do you want to hang up? And he just stays silent. Yeah. And the amount of times people are just, what, what? And, but he, he, he gets them talking and then take it and go on and go on and go on and go on. But definitely it, 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 it is something that I think people should try. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it takes the, the question out. They're like, do I know you? Is this a cold call? When you establish that right away, they're a little bit less defensive because you've already stated, Take yes, it is. And, and then you can ask permission to proceed, you know? And if they yeah. say no, then great. Some will, some won't next call. And, uh, you know, then maybe you get them on the next round. Well, that's actually something interesting, which is dwelling slightly off is you mentioned, no, that's something that I, uh, find acceptable as an answer. I find, you know, a yes, a no, uh, a referral, an introduction. What I uh, don't find acceptable as an answer is not giving me an answer. And uh, mm. I, I, I'll, I'll always make sure that if I'm going to go onto a call, that at the start of it, I'll say, look, at the end of this, there's either there's going to be three possible outcomes. 
would you be comfortable telling me? I'll also make sure that if I don't think we're a fit, I'll be comfortable telling you. And you could go a bit further. You know, sometimes people are comfortable saying yes or no, or particularly no to you. So you could say something like, back in the days when we could go into coffee shops like Starbucks, look, at the end of this meeting, there's going to be two possible or three possible outcomes. If it's a yes, I'll buy the coffee. If it's a no, you'll buy the coffee. So then at the end of the meeting, you just say, so who's buying the coffee? Makes it easy. You're buying, you're buying the coffee. Oh, excellent. Now I know I won the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like it. And I think that... I think that it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's human being. We're dealing with human beings, right? So human beings don't want to let people down. They don't want conflict. They don't want confrontation. They don't want to feel like that if they tell you no, you're going to still try to tell them why you, they should say yes. But I think if you set the expectation properly in the beginning of the relationship, like you mentioned, it yeah. will save you, the seller, so much time because you, you say, there hey, you go. At any point in this relationship, if you feel that this is not for you or it's not a fit, go ahead and let me know, and that's totally okay. You know, I'm 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 a big boy, and you're not going to hurt my feelings, and I'll appreciate it more than you know. You and know? second to that is, if you look at the stats out there, uh, level eleven, the guys out there put it out recently. I think it was the average tenure of a salesperson is dropped from. 36 months or 24 months to 18 months. So it's dropping and dropping and dropping. And it's declining. Uh, and it, I just got off a conversation yeah. with, uh, with a gentleman. It's, it's, it's 18 months and it's, and it's, and it's declining from there. Well, scary. But the point I was making on that was if somebody says no to you in their current role, put a calendar and invite in your side of things for yourself to get back in touch and see where they are in 18 months from now because the likelihood is they'll be in a different role and they might be a potential prospect for you in that role. So if they say no to you now, does it mean they're not going to say no again or they won't say yes in a year and a half from now? Mm, yeah. And you yeah, can yeah. find out from their LinkedIn profile they may be 10 months out of the role so you don't need to put it 18 months out, you need to put it 6 months out. Look at their profile in 6 months and see where they are. Yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. I think the common mistake of a lot of salespeople is they try to they try to make the deal work when it doesn't, right? Yeah. So you know, be okay with no, and also be be a collector of feedback too. If they say no, you know, dig a little deeper. Don't just take the no and you know put your head down and walk away. Uh, you know, ask. Hey, I totally get it. It's fair. Do you mind sharing? You know why it's not a good fit. And sometimes they might be misinformed. They might not be aware of something that you didn't properly, you know, uh, educate them on. Um, they might, you know, you might get some good information for a future, future deal. Um, or uh, what I find a lot of time was the people that tell me no, when I go back and ask for that feedback, a lot of times there's just some miscommunication or they're a little bit confused about something or I told them something, but maybe I didn't tell them in a the right way where they actually got it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you can salvage those deals when you ask deeper questions. For sure. And, and as well as salvage, which is the ideal scenario, uh, I record all of my calls so I can listen back and I can share it with my coach and he can critique me, say you should have done this when, 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 when you were here. But as well as that, uh, sorry, my mind's gone back to something I was going to share on a statistic, but the statistic is completely gone from me. Hmm. Um, what was it? I was going to say you can listen back to the calls. Oh, and every single no doesn't necessarily don't. Okay, take it as a not right now, 
but don't leave it there. You can learn from every single no. So the way I learn from every single no is I download my recording, I look at it, see what could have been done better, send it to my coach, which I have an hour and a half every single Friday, and we go through my calls and I get you know feedback on, you didn't do a good upfront contract, you didn't do a... You didn't make sure there was going to be buyer's remorse or oh, you so you didn't prevent buyer's remorse or whatever it is. You know, every call's not going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of changing the, the mindset is like the no's have value for you as well so that, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's area for you to get better, to improve, to learn, to maybe go in the direction of getting less no's in a future you. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Well, Rian, it's been fantastic having on having you on here. I appreciate you making time. Uh, we talked about some fantastic things. I know that you've got something pretty exciting to share with folks, so I'll let you tell them about that and then tell them where they can connect with you as well. Sure. So uh, before that, I do. I will honor what I said earlier on about sending that PDF over to you, the editable PDF on the uh, pain statement and sort of things. But what I want to offer to any of the listeners or, or viewers of this great podcast is that Sandler, there's 265, 266 offices globally. Um, so there's bound to be a Sandler training center near you. Uh, and I would like to invite you to crash at any of your local training centers for free on me. So I'm going to send Colin a link that you can click, fill out your postal code where you are, and uh, it will automatically link you up with the nearest Sandler trainer to you. So you can attend their next available public training session, which there's ones every day, if not every week in your local area. And you can attend for free as well as that. As well as that, if anyone would like, we've got a LinkedIn, the Sandler way uh, ebook. I can also throw that in as well, if anybody would like that as well. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So listen up, sales hustlers. We got some great things that we're going to include in the notes there. Uh, it's going to be the framework for, for video. It's going to be the uh, LinkedIn ebook and then also a link so that you can attend a free Sandler training on Rian. Uh, at your local Sandler Training Center. So we'll include all that in the show notes. Rian, thanks so much again for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.